Testing, testing. No, let's just go. Let's just go. <laughs> It'll be fine. It'll be just fine. Okay. <laughs> you ready? Is it 10 seconds yet? Oh, it went to 1450. Oh, oh my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Okay. One, two, three. Ready? Welcome, Welcome to, to another, another episode, episode of, of Driving, Driving to the to Rest with your favorite hosts, with your favorite hosts, Larry, Larry and, and Emilia. Yay! Didn't work. I was focused. Brilliant. Oh, now I said, oh, for God's sakes. You did? Yeah. Oh, for God's sakes. Oh, for God's sakes. And I was listening to a, a doctor podcast. He was talking about his... Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. Yeah, and the, no, he didn't talk... He talked talk about Gabriel, actually. Oh, okay. Gabriel told him some things. Yeah. yeah. So, what was this guy? What was he? Yeah. A random doctor, him and his... Uh, Some random. Yeah, he, he learned his techniques from Brian Weiss. Remember Weiss? Is oh, yeah. yeah. So a doctor seems psychologist, not like a medical doctor. Oh, he's a medical doctor. Oh, he is? His, yeah, he he was a medical doctor. Okay. Mm -hmm. He's doing his doctor stuff. And uh, this was way back, like 30, 40 years-ish ago when uh, computers first started being used in medicine. Oh, yeah. To keep track of your like patient records and stuff. Mm -hmm. So he was a doctor, and he was a bit crabby, and he got super duper crabby because he had to spend so much time typing his stuff into the computer instead of doing patient care. Oh wow! So his office manager suggested that they meditate, have a meditation before they start work every morning, so they have group meditations, calm their minds down a little bit before they started, and help with them being so crabby. Mm. So they went and they started like half an hour before work every day for a week or so. Mm -hmm. And everyone showed up the first couple of days. And after the first couple of days, everyone said, we'll just do our meditation at home and come to and work at the normal later. time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they didn't want to come early. Oh, my goodness. <clears throat> but the doctor and office manager, they both decided and They're kept with do it. it. Mm -hmm. And as they were meditating, spontaneously, the doctor started having, mm, I don't want to say recalls, but he was having... Um, Communications with the office manager's um, deceased mother. Hmm. She was saying, hello, how are you, and et cetera, et cetera. Mm. And uh, she showed him her shoes, because she had special shoes, which turned out to be um, a really good marker for the office manager. Because the office manager's mom, he, she knew about her mom's band of ballroom dancing, and she had special shoes for it. So she tested them. It's like shoes. She showed you her shoes. Which ones were they? And she showed him ten different pairs of shoes. He picked the right ones. Mm. She was a little upset, actually. She's like, "How oh, how come is my mom talking to you and not me? <laughs> <laughs> we're both meditating. This isn't right." Oh right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and each subsequent day, they had more and more um, information coming in. So another, the next time, um, the doctor was doing his meditation, he had a recall from when he was like three years old and went to the beach. Mm -hmm. And he met a, a young girl there, very young, who um, come over and told him, you need to be quiet. Our family's here on the beach and you're disturbing us. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that, right? And he said, I remember this girl. And she had this little blue bathing suit on with little ruffles. <laughs> and it turned out 
it was in a totally you know east coast it wasn't and they were on the west coast it's like a long ways away where they grew up when they were children they didn't know each other but that was both of them wow. on the beach she said i i remember that because i had a special little a special swimsuit the first time that she'd gotten a brand new swimsuit in her whole life because usually only her only swimsuits were hand-me-downs right but uh they'd all piled into cabs because they were too poor to have a car Mm-hmm. They took cabs to the beach, and it was kind of like uh, East Coast beaches where they have sand, but they also have an amusement park and everything, and a boardwalk and things like that. Nice. So uh, they got to the beach. They didn't have a swimsuit for her, so they had to actually buy a new one, which wow. was an extremely you know, remember, memorable event for her because yeah. it was their first and their only. Anyway, so he had recall of that incident, which, of course, until they talked about it, neither one would have remembered, and there was no way for either one to remember that was th- that person, right? Yeah, of course. So, but the markers, like the shoes and the swimsuit, they were kind of like, these are personal markers that each one could use to verify the accuracy of their seeing. Mm-hmm. And accuracy in seeings, you know, we've been practicing quite a bit of that. And Truth you do seeing. it all the dang time. Mm-hmm. And finding out how accurate and how truthful these things are it's part of what you teach in the truthing class right yeah definitely so in this case their truthing was their examples of their current experience in life past a place where they would have individual memory but the other one would be able to verify right so they're kind of truthing with each other in a way right yeah well this led to um more meditation and more interest in the data they were receiving mm. to the point where he found that she, the office manager himself, had been incarnating together for 6,000 years. Wow. And had hundreds of lives, mm-hmm. but had shared something like um, 30 or 60 or some number like that, that they could recall details of each one. Wow. They get, found it so fascinating, they started training with Dr. Weiss back, I don't know, when he first started to. Yeah. And they were researching the past lives in the University of Virginia. The same, kind of the same yeah. path. But they did that and they did the meditations. They started connecting with all their past lives. And as they started connecting with their past lives, they started connecting with things like angels. That's where mm-hmm. the Gabriel thing came. Oh, okay. And um, Gabriel said, don't call him archangel because okay. they don't have hierarchy in angels. <laughs> <laughs> and God uh-huh. called him. His real name is like that's in the Hebrew Bible or whatever. Uh-huh. Pretty sure that's the Yahweh thing or something. Oh, Yahshua or Yahweh. Yahweh, Yahweh. Anyway, God said, don't call him that name. Keep it to himself. Just call him God. Okay. So when I listened to his experiences, it seemed like like to me that the uh, initial experience with facts that he could verify and then past life recalls with data in the past life recalls that he could also look up and she could look up genealogy records or Mm -hmm. history records and find um, that person or that lifetime and the shared memory of it. When it started to move into angels and start to move into aliens or God or things like that, then it started to slip into um, the seeing may be accurate, the interpretation may be based on not enough data, you know what I mean? Mm. So, for example, the purpose of life and the reason you incarnate, and they had to incarnate over this 6,000-year period, was karma. 
and learning lessons, oh, learning boy. how to, you know, learning Hijacked. how to be a, right, right. But the, um, the, the, it is probably accurate to say that he believes that and believed that at a, a level mm-hmm. so that he and she could have 6,000 years of incarnations. No, I don't think so. You don't think he believes it? No. I think that it's a very recent teaching to keep people thinking that the planet is for learning and not having experiences, and also that negative things, like karma is usually used in a negative way, is um, okay. A way to explain away negative experiences? Not explain away. valuable? Making them valuable, yes. Not explain away, but making them valuable, (coughs) so that the dark, low-frequency stuff can stick around on the planet because people give it value and um, want it in their lives. So it's a recent implant into the way that you interpret a scene that may be accurate, mm-hmm. but your application of meaning to it isn't. Yeah. So well, if... Or the meaning of, like, I saw I had a life, he said, as a soldier in Greece fighting the Romans or whatever. And then I had a life in Rome fighting the Greeks, and I had a life in whatever fighting the Blahs or whatever. So I had to pay for my killing Roman soldiers by being a Roman soldier or something like that, right? So it could be accurate that he saw a life that he led, but the reasonings are a recent implant? Yes. How can you differentiate between... I mean, actually, it doesn't matter. How can you... um, you want recent teachings that are high frequency to help you interpret what you see, but how do you how do you differentiate between a recent teaching that maybe you've given mm-hmm. that gives an expanded awareness experience, like you had this experience and that's what it was was an experience. This particular one was low frequency, and you just wanted to have a low frequency experience, not. Right. You wanted a low frequency experience so you could learn how to be a jerk. <laughs> I mean, yeah. that's kind of what, uh, yeah, and you, you were a jerk, and so you have this experience to make up for being a jerk. Yeah. Do you see how it's, it doesn't make sense when you didn't look at it that way? So the to-go that I have is if it's validating low frequency engagements, it is a false teaching. Simple. Yep. Yeah. If a low frequency experience becomes validated in some way made good, yes, then it's a false teaching. False teaching. Mm-hmm. Because a negative experience or low frequency experience is what? I just experiences a person chose to have to to just have them. It's not superior or inferior no. in any way to a high frequency experience? No. It sure feels like it. It isn't though. But it doesn't. It it's definitely... just an experience, but it's also an experience that you can only have in a light dark paradigm as a light being. A light being can only have low frequency light, experiences in a low light frequency dark frequency experiences in a light dark reality. Yes, because it can't exist in a dark reality, right. and it wouldn't happen in a light reality, but only mm-hmm. in a light dark. Why on earth so, would a light being want to have low frequency experiences? And the learning part. The learning part, yeah, we'll go back to that question, but the learning part is how do I live on earth 
on a physical reality within a physical body. That would be the extent of the learning. So I learned to walk, I learned to talk, I learned about how to create pain, I learned how to, uh, how to create pleasure, I learned how to create joy, I learned how to create darkness, I learned how to create light, I learned how to create and I learned how to live on the earth, on a physical experience. Uh, I learned to ride a bike, right? I learned to drive a car. Those are the type of learning. That's why people say, yeah, but, you know, you learn not to touch fire because of pain. No, you just learn to not touch fire. That's well, it. How many times do I got to learn not to touch fire? I mean, crying out loud every single time? Some of them, yeah. Because you're learning with your physical body. But, at the same time, some people come in knowing how to create beautiful art, even at age three. They've already learned it in a different lifetime. They've just been polishing their art, you know. Or somebody comes in who can speak. I had, a, I knew somebody who could speak about 12 languages fluently. And I was like, how did that person do it? I struggle with one, mm-hmm. right? I struggle with one language. I mean, I have two now and I struggle with two languages. And now I'm learning. Um, I'm also learning French, Romanian and German. And I struggle with all those three as well. So how could a person speak 12 languages fluently, right? So they're coming in and keeping that learning of speaking languages from lifetime to lifetime. Do you remember the German word for butterflies yet? No. Flipper-floppers? Somebody told you how I know, they told us. We read it We forgot it last time we read it. It's like, well, remember this time. We'll remember this time. Goofer floppers? No. Oh, come on, honey. Give me a word. Uh, I don't know. I couldn't read because I struggle with languages. Fluffins. Fluffins? Mm. No. Fluffins? Fluffins? Flapper flappings? Fetterlings. 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 <laughs> you don't remember? No. Oh, my gosh. Well, one thing I always thought was that high-frequency reality included recall of, like, all your past lives as a component of your life, you know? Like, an expanded awareness would include... Being aware of all the things you already know. I mean, why do you got to learn? Why do we got to learn Italian? I know Italian. I know Roman. I know all of the places that I've ever grown up. I know mm-hmm. every language on the planet, likely. Probably. But you didn't choose I, to keep them, right? Well, one thing is, remember the languages were designed for separation? Yeah. And so, obviously, I want separation mm-hmm. if I rely on languages. But if we move into a high-frequency paradigm, or... That's not the right word. If we create a high-frequency paradigm, do you think that would include experiential telepathy, in which case the words you use are like less relevant? They're kind of like placekeepers, not really language or information sharers. Correct, yeah. Like we're communicating and we can make noises with our mouths while we're talking, but mm-hmm. the experiential telepathy link shares the data beyond More and around the words in yeah. a bigger way, right? Yeah. Or... With more data and less noises. Yeah. We don't have to be silent while we're doing it, though. No. As a matter of fact, probably the words are like um, an il- illusion <laughs> in a way. We are experientially telepathing to each other. And the words feel like um, an instruction on how 
limited to make it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, they're not really transmitting the information. They're transmitting the limitation. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's good. I like that. Yeah. yeah. So we could say green, but if we were to telepathically express the color that we're talking about, there's 10 million shades of green. There are, yes. So just saying green means one green. Yeah. Generally speaking, so it's a limitation. Yeah. But it is a guide direction to look. So if I say green, honey, what comes to what? What color do you see in your in your mind? Well, at the moment, there's a plant next to us, and that's what I see immediately. A very deep, kind of bright, sparkly type spring green. Okay, what green do you see me transmitting to you? Aqua green. Aqua green. Well, see that? Oh, yeah, that's aqua green. <laughs> so the one you were transmitting? Yeah. <laughs> he pointed at a bag on the floor. It's green. Two well, greens. It's not on the floor, it's on the shoe It's rack. on the little shoe rack, yeah. Two greens, it's some kind of clover seeds. Yeah. Anyway, an interesting thing to conceive concept about, but back to what we were talking about in the beginning a little bit of past mm -hmm. life recall mm -hmm. and then uh, recent interpretation and then the application of reason that is who's where why why would why would those type teachings gain traction so much traction how are they um they appeal to the ego they appeal to people's egos to make um, their experiences, their low frequency experiences, meaningful. Yeah. That they weren't uh, what Random. they were. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they were something more important. Yeah. What and would be also the makes them usually makes them victims as well, which is you know I I wasn't responsible for this. Hmm. So pop pop people will sometimes argue with that seeing in that it dismisses any um, fire is hot don't touch it learning as that wasn't necessary and so it kind of like on the flip side you know it makes the experiences that we consider meaningful in our lives not meaningful mm -hmm. even though they had a huge impact So it, impact is not the same as learning, right? And um, impact is usually referred to an emotional, mental impact, or sometimes physical too. So if you have a cra car crash and, you know, lose both legs, that's a very impactful experience. A very, like, big, full of energy experience. And that's a choice, to have a very full energy filled experience, emotionally filled, mentally filled, maybe even obstacle filled yeah, <laughs> experience. Yeah. So um and that's what I've seen. But it doesn't mean that the person had a an accident and lost both legs because they needed to be more they humble. needed to make up for the last time they cut somebody's legs exactly. off. Exactly. It isn't about no, that. No, it's not about that. Could it be about that? No. Even if they believe it? 
I mean, um, even if they're like if they make a fight. Here, here's how it comes in. So let's say a person cuts in a lifetime cuts somebody else's both legs, and in the moment of cutting those legs, they think, "Hmm, I wonder what that will feel like." Mm-hmm. And that is why they had it this year, this time. So. For, there's another interpretation of karma that is not very popular in the West, but to me it's way more accurate, which is the desire of experience. So until you fulfill all the desires of experience that you could possibly have in a physical body on earth, you're not going to stop incarnating. And that's why there are some teachings, some Buddhist teachings, that say the path to enlightenment is desire. It's a different concept of karma. And in the West, the one that has been popularized everywhere, not surprisingly, because it's a very negative teaching and it's a false teaching, is tit for tat. Right? Karma is tit for tat. Right. Which well, is false. I suppose that's important as to what do you mean by when you say karma? Because I know lots of people who say karma means that... Uh, it's a bitch? No, no. <laughs> You remember I'm a bit of a light worker. Oh, um, right, right. Of karma course. means you get um, paid for your good deeds. Pay for all of your good deeds, yeah. <laughs> all of your good deeds come back to you tenfold. Yeah. So you got a good parking spot, you got the help it's in good the checkout karma. land. <laughs> yeah. You got uh, the, last, the, thing, though, right? the last thing that was on the shelf was the thing that you were after, and nobody was trying to race you for it. There was nobody there, but the thing is there. Mm-hmm. Even though it's all sold out, there was one left, and it's waiting there for you. That karma is like yeah. a nice, uh, the the nice instant manifestation helper. Yeah, so it goes tit for tat, right? <clears throat> right, and I see people who are suffering and say karma is a bitch, or they look at somebody who's getting their comeuppance. Say, yeah, karma got you, but <laughs> karma bites you right in the butt. And then there's other people, you know, they say, what the heck? They did all that nastiness, and look, what do they get? Treasure for reward. <laughs> exactly. Karma didn't work exactly. the right way. Right. You and then people say, but don't worry, don't because worry, it'll happen it next, next time. Or next they'll lifetime. pay when they die. When they die, or in the yes. next life, they'll do it, you know. Which is ridiculous. It's totally, utterly ridiculous. It isn't ridiculous. Just do. It's the way you can cope with the fact that people doing shitty things still have good stuff. <laughs> they shouldn't. <laughs> now we're stepping into righteousness now, right? Don't forget, there's a victim, no victims on the planet. Don't forget that nothing can happen to a person without their agreement, agreement implied or what's it called, stated. Agreement. So you remember reading, when I was reading to you some more, you're still thinking? Nope. Can I come talk? Yes. Okay. So we were reading some more, and they were doing their afterlife memories. They remember in-between life's experience. And they would gather all together in a group, and they would see, like, well, so family, we're back together. It's so nice. But there'd be one guy sneaking or hiding down in the back, doesn't want to be seen because he was the evil bastard. (laughs) And then they would like talk to each other, see each other, and say, "Oh, yeah, yeah, I understand what it's all about. It's just experience. It's no big deal." And they'd hug, get along just fine. Mm-hmm. But they carried that 
Um, you were an evil bastard. Beat the shit out of me. That was his. That was seen through the writer of the book mm-hmm. that he had done the one that was doing the evil shit the hardest job and validating the, the negative validating action. the negative actions exactly it, yeah it's easy to be friendly to each other in life but who's going to be the bad guy out of our group you're going to yeah. have to be the bad guy this time yeah i know it's going to be hard it'd be the last thing you would ever want to do because you love each other so much right but Somebody's got to do it or else we can't learn these lessons. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So do you totally, think they talk so each other ridiculous. into it in the in-between lies or it's just the... The explanation of the experience afterwards. Right, but these from are... The ex- teachings, from the teachings that they are in the present incarnation. But in a sense, though, these words are the words from the people that are saying them in that in-between Today. life. Today. Yeah. They're well, recall. if we go a few thousand years back, they have the same kind of languages in all yeah. those books and things, yeah. you know? Yeah, because this day, today, this experience of light-dark started about five, four thousand years ago. Maybe even ten. Maybe even six. Maybe even six. <laughs> Somewhere between five and six and ten. Yeah, something like that. You know, I'm not very good at linear time. Yeah, and the number could be attached to a cycle or an event or something. I mean, if it needed an accurate date, I'm sure it we'll could say like one seven nine 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 two point four. That's when. Yeah. And what's the difference going to make? Right. There are methods that you can use with today's way of counting years and go backwards to find the moment where it began. I mean, yeah, we could I, do I, that. I but agree, but where's the value? Exactly. Honestly. Quite honestly. What's the difference between five and ten thousand years exactly. ago and four thousand nine hundred ninety-two? Exactly. BC. To six thousand nine hundred ninety-two. Right. Does that feel better? Yes. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> but where, where the experience of light dark for light beings means they have these low frequency experiences? Why in the hell would they want to? Because they're curious. Because they're curious. Yeah. Do you think that? They carry that curiosity in between lives? Yes. Do you think that they tell each other porkies so that they'll, like, get fall a little deeper into the story? Yes. So the in-between life experience where they were explaining, oh, I was the bad one, so that's why I don't want to show my face, but, you know, we were just having experiences. That's accurate. Those two souls, well, they're not... At that point, souls there. At that point, they are... People having regression. They're the in-between life elemental body. What's the in-between it could life be, called? It could be the elemental body or it could be the the soul, right? Either way, they're, they're validating their experience to themselves to continue it. Yeah. In-between lives yeah. doesn't mean um, you know everything all at once. No, you, you don't. You still carry whatever it was. It's like you died and now you're there instead of here it's mm-hmm. like you go to sleep and you wake up in your dream you don't know that you're asleep and dreaming unless you become aware of it correct so and if you're a buddhist and you chant about death stuff and really 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 focus on it you know the means probably you know when you're dead too yes so about the buddhist i practiced buddhism for a few years about seven years i think or 11 years i can't remember um i love that practice and um we didn't see it as a religion. We saw it as a frequency practice, a frequent a practice of frequency. And 
one of the things that happened during, and a little bit, I'll rewind a little bit, my mm-hmm. family lineage is people who will walk the valley of death with people who are dying. They carry that lineage. Um, so we often find ourselves in situations where someone's dying and then we help them cross over. Right. Right. And that's just part of a role that the human collective is ingrained into the human collective and it happens. And um, so there are certain skills that that lineage has, which is often to be able to see what the person who's in the valley of death sees. Right. And to be able to communicate with them directly uh, or be witness to it. Mm-hmm. Um, anyways, so we were, I was in that practice and one of the Buddhist guys died and we went to his funeral. But as soon as we heard that he was dying, the, again, there was a chant, like you mentioned, there was a chant we had to do, a very special chant, a sutra, reading of a particular sutra, mm-hmm. so that he would remember that he was awakened and he had choices in life, right? And <clears throat> there's a particular teaching on that Buddhist school that says that when you go into the in-between lives, you are taken by billion, I can't remember how many, a huge number of Buddhas into an awakened state, right? Or something mm-hmm. like that. I can't exactly remember the details. Anyways, we were sitting together chanting as he was dying and then died. And when he died, I saw him step up and into what I call the Valley of Death. I mean, I know it's a Christian vocabulary, but to me, it was the most accurate words to describe this place where the person trans, uh, goes from being alive mm-hmm. and walks towards the in-between lives. Right. Mm-hmm. And in that walk, some it does look like a valley. Sometimes it's full of trees sometimes it's a desert sometimes it's light sometimes it's dark it varies with the person um and sometimes the person walks sometimes they get on a horse with somebody else or on their own horse or a carriage or a car ferrari it doesn't really matter it's very very different for each person and this guy walked and he came to a place and this was in the chant as well the sutra and he sat with the major buddhas and they were giant giant figures Mm-hmm. His Buddhas who were going to listen to and look at his life and then make a judgment. Right? And I was fascinated, right? I was really fascinated. I was a witness. I, mm-hmm. was, I was witness. So I walked down with him and I was standing with other witnesses looking at him. So he sat down. But the most fascinating aspect to me of this whole scene yeah. was that the three giant Buddhas were him. Really? Yeah. Oh my God. It was three of him. <laughs> sitting there in front of him and I'm like you know I was like wow that's fascinating and I was looking at him looking at these giant buddhas all you know like shaky waiting for his judgment or whatever mm-hmm. and then I, I decided to look through his eyes and when I looked through his eyes he didn't see the three buddhas were him they were the, 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 the three different faces of buddha or something like that Hmm. And they didn't look anything like him. And I tried to keep... So I went in front of him and I said, But look, open your eyes. Those Buddhas are you. Those Buddhas are you. Just look. Just open your eyes. And I kept saying this to him. But he was so engrossed in his reality at that moment. 
that he sat there and the three Buddhas judged him and measured his positive and negative frequencies. Karmas or whatever. No. No. The frequencies that he had and um, created in others and that balance, right, dictates your experience of the afterlife or whatever, right? Or your choices. Oh, that noise is hailstones. Yeah, we have a nice extreme weather. We actually have a world record, world record low temperature coming. Wow. That the lowest temperature ever recorded in Seattle, supposedly. But Seattle's very far from here. Yeah, but we're not that far from it. <laughs> but we are either are or aren't. We Should are. We, oh, we better pause until the hailstones pass so that Sandra doesn't have too much of a tough time editing us. Okay, it's over. <laughs> <laughs> well, we leave it for Sandra to decide whether she wants to keep the noise or not. Yeah, it's kind of a nice... Hello from Gaia. Yeah. Anyways, we were just talking about the weather while the weather was doing the weather. Yeah. <laughs> so it was so, really fascinating, back right? To Buddhas, yeah. That he chose not to see it and to interpret what was happening. Um, and the way that I saw that balance was more to do with have I completed all the experiences I want to have, right? And which experiences do I have left that I want to have? Mm-hmm. That's how I interpreted it, that balance. Because it was him deciding, those three Buddhas were him. It's like, yeah, I haven't actually experienced this and this and this and, and that and that and that, you know, okay, so we'll manage. And then he just vanished and the whole scene vanished and I was back in my body and everybody was chanting around me. Mm-hmm. Right, so it was, it was interesting. Is it? I mean, I hear people, like you say, well, he was like, oh, I'd like to have this one and this one and that experience and this experience too. Do you, isn't a part of Buddhism or the Buddhist teachings to get off the incarnation wheel of some form where your your goal is to clear your stuff and whatever stuff you carry at some point, clear all of these burdens on you so that you're, Either an example of or off of that wheel of karma where you don't have to come back, don't have to reincarnate. And I, I mean, isn't that a concept or a core, core concept of Buddhism? So Buddhism, for anybody who is not familiar with it, has thousands upon thousands of schools, most of which were based on one Sutra and a sutra is the the teaching of the Buddha, the the historically known Buddha. I can't remember his his name. Siddhartha or whatever. So. I can't remember his name, but it's a recorded Buddha from India. He used to be a prince, and then he had lots of practices. Is he the chubby one or the skinny yeah. one? Well, it depends on the culture, but Perhaps. he sat under the Buddha tree and he became enlightened. That one. Yeah. Anyways, he taught. Thousands upon thousands of different teachings, and each of those teachings are called sutras. And he would aim the teaching to a certain person for their road to enlightenment. And the the core basic of everything is to reach enlightenment. So the other things about you know escaping the cycle of life and death and all that type of stuff, they're added in some of the teachings, not all of them. But there isn't a standard go to one true Buddhist teaching. There's literally thousands upon thousands of them 
with the schools to go with them and the followers to go with them and everything else. So there's Buddhist teachings where the, the, the lamas, you know, their toenails are sold as, you know, religious artifacts. I've seen right? the pictures. Some of them are religious artifacts, let yeah. me tell you. And there's others who, who live in high modern living, you know, high, high rise flats or whatever, um, and have uh, the pursuit of, happiness through the fulfillment of desire and they're billionaires you know so there's everything in between they're very different and so to say to make a blank a blanket statement would not be accurate or true about buddhism with regards to karma or escaping this will of life and death well, and all, all buddhists stuff. all you can't say blanket that all buddhists are um Aware enlightenment. Of, aware of and seeking, seeking enlightenment and also aware of and um, um, I guess certain I guess in a way of reincarnation it's not a yes. concept that they don't accept they accept that if you're a Buddhist you say yes reincarnation for sure mm-hmm. and yes enlightenment for sure yes and what is the what is the is there a common purpose for reincarnation taught no. through Buddhist schools? Not what common. are the varieties? Yeah, there's tons of varieties. What is the one for the school that you were in? Um, the, it was to reach enlightenment in your present incarnation. And what was the purpose of reincarnation? The, it didn't really have a purpose except for getting to... A lifetime where you will accept the fact that you can be instantly enlightened. So you're going to do it until you figure it out, basically. And then you can choose. So your current lifetime will be whichever one you're incarnated in, however many times you got to do it. Something like until that. Until you get it. Until you get there. You know, and it's like one of the reasons, one of the aspects of it that people often misinterpret is that a lot of the Buddhist teachings will tell you that, yes, that they're trying to step out of the cycle of life and death, right? And what is not taught, generally speaking, is that stepping out of that enforced cycle or unconscious cycle, an enlightened cycle, doesn't mean that you're not going to be reborn again. It just means that the next time you're not going to be working from an unconscious, desirous place, but actually you're going to make conscious decisions about the life you're going to have and also whether you will have a life or not. You actually choose. You have become conscious from being an unconscious participant. Do you think the people that you talk to, I talk to, that say, I mean, they are very adamant about this is the last time I'm coming here. I ain't never reincarnate. I'm never incarnating here again. I'm out of here. This place, I'm out of here. I'm not. And you hear that? Do you think that's a remnant from some of the Buddhist teachings that they're not a Buddhist in this life, but they're carrying that same get off the wheel of incarnation type energy? Like, I'm not coming. I'm not redoing it. But they're not using Buddhist words. They're just using English words. Do you think it's a past life? Past life? I think that... Follow on, or why do people even say that, you know? I don't think that there's a general one reason for it. The one that... The the energy behind those words that I've seen is just people 
are exhausted, the light workers that are exhausted of holding the light frequencies on the planet for thousands of years, and they're done doing that job, and they want to just go home, which home being a place that is, doesn't have light dark, it just has light. That's yeah. how I. That's how it feels with majority of them. But of course, there might be some who might be just verbalizing. Um, not going to be part of this cycle of life and death anymore on, on planet Earth. Right. I guess there's like eight billion reasons, huh? Yep. Yep. Well, I don't also don't understand why you would hold the light all that long a time to create a new paradigm of light and then not want to go there. Because they're already from a paradigm of light. They don't need to stay here for it. They can just go home. Want this be home? Um, it's still in a process, you know. I mean, for the next two generations, I think two and a half generations, there still be a lot of work to be done to become fully active and conscious planet of people. Okay, so they could change their language a little. Say, it, it feels to me like it might be more high frequency to say. I'm not going to be incarnating back into this light dark process. Expression. I will be interested in a light reality, but not a light dark. Yeah, on Earth. So yeah. yeah. So I think it's easier, or it might be better to specify, I ain't never coming back here, meaning light dark here. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. the. Yeah, that'd be good. I think that's a feels better to me to hear that. Speaking of that, light dark. Do you think, besides curiosity, and the reason I'm talking about this is the obstacle to challenge thing mm -hmm. that card that we we saw when you were doing your look at 2020 mm -hmm. was that when it was 2022. Whatever, two 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 twos, lots of twos <laughs> in there. Was that when you pulled it? No, it was for the emergency series workshop <gasps> from Ibens Academy. Oh, that's right. And it was a card for us to look at and be present with for the next week. Speaking yes. of those cards, okay, we had card for the 2022 look for the um, wide group, everybody listening, which was choose your direction, right? Yes. Which was pretty interesting. It was it like, was. what are you going to have? <laughs> light, dark, light. Which one are you going to choose? Yeah. And uh, I noticed people's languages always are saying it's the dark or the light, mm -hmm. but they seem to forget that it's the light dark or, or the light. light. Yes. Can a light being pick a dark only? Yeah. How it's the heck do you It's going to be tough, it? though. Oh. It's going to be tough. The right. same as a dark being can choose just light, and it's going to be tough for them. Right. It won't have... It won't have sense. Be like, a light dark, I can understand you want to be a light being in a light dark reel because maybe you want to influence dark, or maybe you want to fix dark or heal right. dark or save dark or love dark or maybe even you know Integrate be a rascal and <laughs> be a bit rascally maybe you want to do that yeah i can understand that but or be the bad guy because nobody else will do it <laughs> right you have to be, take, pick the hard job and be the bad guy yeah master yourself yeah well anyway that card was really excellent for the wide group then there was a narrower group walk within hours um, people who've chosen a light reality 
not a light dark. Mm-hmm. And that, their card, remember that card? No, which one was it? Well, hmm. Um, because we did the one was direction, and the other one was interesting because it was specific for light people had already chosen, so it didn't have yeah, a choose direction. Yeah, it was, but it had was it? something about being your. I don't remember. I guess if people want to know, join Walk oh with me gosh. now and listen to the recording of the second hour of the Looking at Twenty Twenty Two. Yeah, there's a waiting <laughs> list. So I mean, if you want access to this information, you know, you're going to have to really want it. You're not really at the it. choice point of, I might, I might not. Yeah. You're at the choice point of, You're, I, I really, really am. want to. <laughs> yeah. So there's a waiting list. You don't just get access. You gotta. I think, I don't know if that waiting list has been, waiting list has been implemented yet, but. Oh, well, if it hasn't, you just better yeah, be quick. Cause be quick. <laughs> if you go right away and there's no waiting list, then mm-hmm. you get access to the full two hours talk. Oh. There's also another waiting list being prepared at Ivan's Academy, actually, Is there? for the next expression of the Instant Manifestation Workshop, because it's a limited number, and uh, some people didn't get in on the last one. So to get on that list, you actually have to go in and use the form to say, hey, Ashley, or hey, Kara, can you put me on the list for the next <laughs> Instant Manifestation Workshop, please? <laughs> because, yeah, Speaking even of... though we haven't even scheduled it for our... For even doing it, obviously we're gonna <laughs> for twenty twenty two. We haven't even scheduled it or, or anything yet. So people do want to make sure they get in. So waiting lists, man, it's a privilege, not something that just happens every day. Yeah, I hear you. Well, speaking of instant manifesting, Kara, <laughs> Kara and her pink flamingos. Yeah, what about it? My gosh, they show up so many places. Well, you know, <laughs> when you become focused in your power. <laughs> and the human collective agrees and, and the thinks human it's collective funny. agrees and thinks it's Fun. funny. My Fun. gosh, yeah, I can't even begin to express the pink flamingo. I mean, Can we drive to the res. Okay, so okay. tell them a little history you, first. you got to tell them a little history first. Right, I'm going to tell them about on the res. Okay. So, uh, some months ago, um, when we did, before we did the physical, first physical instant manifestation workshop, which was always over a year ago, um, Kara. Speaking of which, Kara said we can share information about yeah, her. Yeah, she did. Yeah. Yes. She said we Just can so talk people, about her. She, we have full, full, full permission. permission to share all her all cases. All her cases. <laughs> oh my gosh, this is going to be fun. It's going to be so much fun. <laughs> I bet she's cringing now. <laughs> like, oh, geez, oh no. did I really say that? <laughs> I know, I said that about myself, and every now and then I kept myself going, did I really say that was oh, okay? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's okay. <laughs> uh, FYI, he's blushing now. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, uh, during our uh, training, she's one of my, pri- uh, one of our private students, Um she was pr- uh, practicing ma- uh, instant manifestation skills, mm-hmm. and one of the one of the tools that I have used is to broadcast what I want um, into the electricity system of mm-hmm. the human collective. Right, so I do it on a light bulb or a plug socket, you know, and I touch it, I put my hand on it, or I visualize it, and I tell them what I want. Right. And then it goes out through the electric system, the human electric system, to every person's 
uh, living room in the planet. Wow, right? that's pretty interesting. Yeah, method. it's an interesting <laughs> method, right? Yeah. Anyways, of course, you need to have the human collective agreement and everything else that goes with it, like the orchestration and all these things. Nothing can happen without agreement. Remember that. So we were just talking about it and she said, yeah, but like, well, I can't think of anything. Well, just think of something very unusual, that something that doesn't come up very often, you know, so that, you know, she wanted to know, do something quickly that will manifest around her. Um, that was very unusual, but it was a good test. Sort of a know? validation. No, no, it's, it's more like a scientific test. I'm going to test it out to see how it works and if it works or if I need to um, fix it. Well, that's a validation <laughs> okay. in my mind. Oh, can you switch that off? Little fairies texting me. The fairy is tinkling me. you. Little fairies texting me. A beautiful fairy oh. is texting me. There, okay. All right. <laughs> we'll talk to the fairy after. <clears throat> yes, so um, in the spur of the moment, she said, okay, pink flamingos. Right? <laughs> and I said, okay, Cara. be prepared. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, when you're going to do these experiments, I was thinking, you know, we were watching uh, a show and the Matrix boy's going to step off the building and fly yeah. from the top of the building. I'm thinking, yeah. you want to practice? How about from like two feet up? Right. Because flying's flying, right? You need the whole <laughs> way down. <laughs> but they're going for a you know, different story. Oh, the new Matrix movie. Yeah. yeah, we should talk about that in one of our podcasts. All right. We'll put Anyways. it on my list. Anyways, yeah, it's like pink flamingos. Couldn't have been gold coins. No. No, no. Couldn't no. have been $100 bills. No. No, no. Mm. Had to be something like. Pink flamingos. Yeah. Well, whatever. Okay. If that's and your fascination. Then it all cascaded and <laughs> took off during the Easter Manifestation Workshop. And the first thing that happened was that one of the members of the brought workshop gifts. brought little gifts that she'd randomly picked up in a little store for everyone that was in the workshop. And what did Kara get but a tiny little beautiful pink flamingo? A little glass pink flamingo, right? It's gorgeous. Everybody got gifts, and I think I got a frog or something really awful. Yeah. Not awful. Uh, or I think I'm, I might have got it, and I gave it to Oh, no, no, I got something, and I gave it to you. We swapped yeah. ours each other. We, we were swapping stuff. And yeah. Because anyways, Kara eventually reached the one that she got or swapped or whatever, and it was a pink flamingo. <laughs> and she was like, oh! <gasps> What? And it was like <laughs> such an unusual way to get a pink flamingo. Such unusual way. It was like one of those bracelet little hanging things. What are those called? The Dangles, charms. bangles, charm, yeah. bra- charm bracelet. Yeah, yeah it's yeah, like yeah. a charm for a charm bracelet. Right, right. And, uh, and then her face and I was laughing. And so she had to explain what it was. Yep. So this powerful group of instant manifestation <laughs> workshop attendants learning how to instantly manifest Boosted. Boosted to that, the moon. <laughs> yeah, that intent. So powerfully that literally I, rainbows started. No, no, uh, flamingos. There was like record numbers of real life flamingos happening somewhere in the world that week. And yes. it was like, what? What the? And then tell about the res. We drove, I drove to the res. We're driving to the res doing our podcast as usual. Driving down the road, I turned past my daughter's house. And in the front lawn was 20 pink flamingos in a sign. Call this number if you want your yard to be full of flamingos. <laughs> yes. Like, in Nia Bay, really? There's yes. 20 flamingos in the grass and a sign? <laughs> Just call and you can have them anywhere you want. It's like, who makes, who starts that business? I know. It was, it was crazy cool. 
Oh my gosh. And then now forever since, I mean, the collective really loves sending flamingos in the most unusual places. So instead of a <laughs> snow angel, it's a snow flamingo. Yeah, a snow flamingo. Things and, like that. Yeah. Yeah. Quite yeah, funny. It's been quite fun. So uh, since that time, I will have to say, Kara uh, has directed her instant manifestation skills into more areas that are, you know, life-supporting, I guess. <laughs> yes. I mean, flamingos aren't a bad thing, but yeah. the same skill works on all kinds of things. Yeah. But it requires, well, I do believe to she's do a millionaire now, isn't she? Oh, yeah. yeah. In order to um, muster that type of focus, mm-hmm. training helps. Because instead of life happening to you, you happen to life. You're happening to life, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it's a good thing, and uh, yeah, that we never remembered the card. Oh yeah, that's right. Because not only do we not remember it, we didn't remember it for a reason. The card. Yeah, okay. for the second hour. Oh, it's because that's for so work with me now, members only. To help people manifest in their life walk with me now yeah. who are ready for it yeah sometimes you need so here's the thing about walk with push, me now sometimes you need pull walk with me now was requested by the high frequency people of earth the collective now all you need to do is join it because <laughs> we we worked really hard right to make it happen and to me it feels like a high frequency gathering of allies of your high frequency expression of earth that's how it feels to me because you don't instantly manifest alone no it never happens alone you might think it's just you but it's not never because everything is delivered by humans and if your manifesting partners are high frequency and you are high frequency guess what empowered you're going to be a powerful manifester of high frequency things Mm -hmm. yep yep which is the whole point. The whole point. That's the whole point. Yes. So, the third card, which we shared with the emergency lecture series yes. people, yes. was, because think of the nature of an emergency lecture series. It's most likely people who are encountering plenty of obstacles. Right. So, the... <laughs> Or, Lecture series. Yeah, emergency. Of emergency. Course. I mean, it's yeah, emergency it's an emergency situation on the planet, right? Right, and some people find themselves where there's a lot of emergencies happening mm-hmm. around them. Mm-hmm. So, um, the card that that group got for the first first call after they've done the first couple of lectures was uh, obstacles, obstacles and to challenges. No, obstacles and challenges. Uh-huh. However, you see, this is when guidance comes in. Yes. Because only that morning. Only that morning, I was in my bathroom putting on my makeup and I grabbed a tissue from the tissue box. And in the tissue box, it said, today I will overcome all obstacles. And I was looking at that tissue box mm-hmm. and it just popped. I mean, I've had that tissue box for over a week now. Never looked at it before. And now I'm looking at those words. And I was looking at and I thought, how clever to program the human collective to think that obstacles are normal and accept them in their lives. So I said, what I'm going to do is I'm going to rub the word obstacles off and put the word challenges in there instead because the 
this difference, huge difference between the word obstacle to the word challenge. Challenge is a choice. I challenge myself to climb that rock face. I challenge myself to finish a marathon. I challenge myself to embody high frequency paradigm for the next 24 hours. I challenge myself to learn French. I challenge myself to drop the chicken scratches. I challenge myself to learn to how to drive a car. Uh, you know? So it's like a challenge is a choice and it's joyful to me. Yeah, it is. Challenge right. is like, I, I agree. But obstacles are a victim thing. They just happen to just you has from a random thing that happens trying to, to get you. Here. There's obstacles in the way. On the it's way, like, I can't get there, yeah. right? So right. It's, it's dependent on something else. It's, you give your authority to something else. And the word authority, remember that lady that did, does the, the word thing? She loves words. And we listened to a podcast. I can't remember her name. But there's this lady, and she pointed out the word. Um, sorry, I just lost my thread. <laughs> she pointed out the word authority. Right. Right. And it was really fascinating to me because I love to listen and discover the origin of words because it, ca it carries all the energy behind it. And she said, authority comes from the word author, which is you are the creator of something. So when you give your authority to somebody else, you're giving authorship. They, they are now have the right to create your reality and write it out, right? Yeah. And yeah. so she was saying what really annoyed her was that there was a movement to challenge or to be against authority instead of being a movement of I take my authority, right? So, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and that was part of the paradigm of giving away your authority anyways because giving away your power yeah because you know she's like and she talked about a lot of things that we talk about I was on, I she was on freeman tv freeman tv okay yeah, we listened to good 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 freeman yeah. tv podcast. so you can look for her there yeah and she has the funniest laugh oh my god <laughs> every has... time she laughed you said oh no no, 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 no don't please do don't that. do that <laughs> <laughs> i can't hear you now the laugh was, yeah. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry if you're her and you're listening to this podcast. I apologize, but I just, I just cracked me up, man, and I stopped listening. It was annoying. But you came right back. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I pause it until I was. I mean, how's a person going to help how they laugh? You know. <laughs> I know. I know. I've heard some really bad, bad laughs. At least that one was funny, and I'm like, yeah, really obnoxious. <laughs> But anyways, anyways, going back to authority, right. um, you're the author, right? So an obstacle, you're giving authorship of your reality to somebody else. You're saying that something else or someone else put something in front of you that you can't go through, right? So that's why I prefer the word challenges. And the card that came up was obstacles and challenges. And to me, it was a direct reference to that knowing and that seeing that I had when I saw that tissue box and I changed the word obstacles to challenges and it felt very very on on point to me because that's exactly what this emergency series is about we changed the authorship of our lives from external people and beings and organizations take it back into ourselves and we choose what challenges we bring, bring, if any, we bring into our lives. 
We choose our challenges, if any. Yeah, we bring into our lives. We do that. Nice. Yeah. I like it. So that was that card. Yeah, it was... Sometimes, well, you know, when you use a process and you live on your land and you, you know, empower, power, become powerful, more and more powerful, then uh, it seems like these synchronous moments, like with the card, seeing the box being tuned in, it's tuned in, kind of tapped in. Yeah, it's, it's more, more than just tuned. linear. It's not linear time. It's right. more like topic centralized. It's like topic focused. Right. So having the card and the, all of that come in the same day and support each other, it's just interesting. Mm-hmm. I think it's awesome. Yeah. But totally love changing obstacle thinking about the obstacle and shifting your thought to challenge. Mm-hmm. This is a challenge you've choose. chosen mm-hmm. and you don't have to choose that challenge. Exactly, you don't you have can to. say like, nah, I don't want to do it. Yeah. If you really, really wanted to. Or, you know, hey, you put a challenge there, mm-hmm. go smack it. Yeah. Yep, that might be fun. Yeah. At least, at the very least, you know that this challenge is a voluntary thing. Yeah. That you've chosen. Mm-hmm. To see if you overcome it or don't, or whatever. Right. It's not end of the world if you don't. Yeah. It's just, yeah, I tried to climb that mountain, and I got halfway up, and it started raining and snowing. <laughs> you know what? I, I don't really like cold and wet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the further I went, the colder and wetter it was. So I said, yeah, enough of that. Yeah. So I do teach about obstacles, and what I feel is one of the roles that we can put obstacles in our way is to stop us from going in a direction that is against our higher self-choice. But we're, we still do it. So it's not a challenge because we don't overcome it, do you see? <laughs> yeah. So it's an obstacle. And then the, the way that I teach it, you can find that in ineliabens.com, is um, how to identify if it's an obstacle you place there to stop yourself from going in, in a certain direction, mm-hmm. how to find that out, and then what to do about it. So... Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. Well, last time we talked, we promised we would, or we said we would talk a little bit about chronic splinteritis because we just brought it up at the very end, remember? (laughs) Sort of like this time. Yeah. But you had made a post on Telegram, um, which I think is related to the chronic splinteritis in a way. Mm -hmm. Speaking of which, if you're not on Telegram, that's, you really should get in there and subscribe. <laughs> yeah, Amelia Ben's Telegram channel is yes. badass. Yeah. You posted about don't argue about vaccines with your friends or family over this holiday period. I know Christmas probably happened yesterday, mm-hmm. but and anyways, you're still probably around. You might have already been there. You might have <laughs> found that you did get into an argument. Yeah. You might have found that you didn't. Uh, because you were already pre-warned, just don't do it. Just don't do it. So it's best to have that subscription at a place like Telegram because it's a direct-to-you thing. Reminder, There's yeah. nobody in between allies, you right? and the little thing. It's just, <clears throat> yeah, we're allies here to help each other navigate Despair. the split. Yeah. You want help navigating the split. Lone wolves don't navigate things um, always well because you can't see 
you're not your omnipotent. own stuff all the time. Yeah, and you're not an omnipotent. So. Right. You can't see what you can't see. You don't know what you don't know. So when you're uh, when you have a tribe, you have a better opportunity to see or have tribe. what yeah, a high frequency tribe. You have a better opportunity to be able to see all these things because oh. a lone mystic is what stupid. Don't be stupid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's right. That's so, right. So, can you talk about that? Don't argue chronic. about vaccines with your friends or family over Christmas. What can you do instead? I'll give you an example. Okay. Anelia? Yes. Um, all the rest of the family has been vaccinated. You haven't. Are you going to do it? I'm still thinking about it. Well, what's the problem? I haven't decided yet. Do you know that um, it's very uncomfortable for all of us to have you here because of that? Oh, thank you for sharing that. I'll take it into consideration in my decision. What do you mean by that? That I'll, I'll, I'll be taking your viewpoint and your feelings into consideration when I make my Are choice. you just snowballing me? I mean, I, I want you to tell me you're oh, going I'm, to I'm get I'm really it. sorry that you feel that way. <laughs> Why? I well, apologize. Then get vaccinated, honey. I'll think about it. When? Can you give me a day? Yeah, I'll I'll let you know on Tuesday. <laughs> Tuesday? Yes. Well, all right. Are you going to call me? You want yes. me to call you? Sure, I'll call you. <laughs> You'll call me on Tuesday yes. Yes. and tell me you've decided to finally get it? Yes. <laughs> okay, good. That feels better. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you for being so caring and loving. I gotta breathe. <laughs> I was gonna argue with myself. <laughs> That's not funny. You're going to argue with yourself. Yes. How? <laughs> Tell me I'm full of crap. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Fall into the righteousness, right? No, I wasn't falling. I jumped. <laughs> you jumped. Oh, yeah. So here's what not to do. Here's what Larry. Not. Yes. When the hell are you gonna get vaccinated, son? Are you a fucking idiot? You must be an idiot, right? Why are you insulting me? That's because not a way you're to treat your parent. Well, you probably should read. <laughs> <laughs> what not to do, right? Can we do that a few times? That's kind of fun. <laughs> you you feel your expansion. And we're not giving medical advice, okay? We're just talking about how to deal with difference of of opinion. Within a family. Well, I can guarantee you within a family, mm -hmm. at least uh, I can't guarantee you because I don't know everybody's family, but within my family, there's definitely, you know, my own tendency for righteousness mm -hmm. yeah. at all different frequencies. Yes. So when I say all different frequencies, I mean righteousness isn't high frequency. No. But there is lower frequency levels also. Yes. Uh, so all the low frequencies of righteousness <laughs> are covered. Okay. Yes, I've noticed. <laughs> <laughs> so when you put a bunch of different low frequency righteousnesses together, all of them are right. Well, they're all right in their frequency band. Yes. And that's the one way that I can manage righteousness is appreciating for a moment that their righteous is right. 
yes. in their frequency band of experience. Mm -hmm. But that's, um, it may or, I mean, scare, it's not my frequency of awareness mm -hmm. because mine is right. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> All kidding aside, it's perspectives. But, you know, when people are projecting their righteousness on you, it can be pretty uncomfortable. It is. It's very uncomfortable. Be aware of that. It's very uncomfortable. So arguing with your family and friends over this particular topic is projecting your righteousness on them. Yes. And, and it's just going to feed it on you. And it's just going to feed the beast this winter. And you do not want to be feeding the beast this winter. So I have heard some people use the technique of lying. Yeah. Some people on do. On both sides. Both some sides. people have said, oh no, I didn't get it. But right. they did. Yeah. And other people have said, oh yes, I've got all my shots. Yeah. And they didn't. Incidentally, if you mm -hmm. say, oh yes, I have all my shots. It isn't technically a lie. A lie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all up to date. <laughs> all up to date on all the shots I want. <laughs> right. Which is not. <clears throat> that are necessary for that me. That are necessary for me. I'm up to date on all the shots that are necessary for me. Mm -hmm. Thank you. And you are so right. But, you know, even then, I mean, if you're dealing with a particular righteous individual, it can help to disarm it because. You, you just don't want to just, go there. You just don't go there. You don't need to argue mm -hmm. with their right. Yeah. You just, uh, what's that? Kung if you're going fu, to the, f the kung fu where like somebody tries to hit you, you just go with it. Right, you just move a little bit to the side and they go flying past you. Or you use their energy to against push them, them or to push them or for them. So yeah. their strikes are nowhere to, for them to land. Right. I don't know, there's a practice. Yeah. Not kung fu, obviously. No. I think it's... Shih Tzu? Shih is a mm -hmm. dog. Is it? She, it might be Shibu Unu. Shibu Unu. Oh, that's a crypto. <laughs> this is a crypto. <laughs> <laughs> oh, geez. We're terrible with names. It's very serious practice, and it's very effective, It is. I'm it's sure. really good. And I remember, cool. I think, our friend Cliff who talks about that. Okay. He might be a practitioner of it, dojos. Yeah. At any rate, that might be a better path is just Go the way of Zen. Disarm the righteous by mm -hmm. allowing them to be right, right in their way. Yep. Still going to be a challenge. Maybe spend a little less time if, in those type of in situations, those situations yep. if you can uh, choose it. Mm -hmm. Don't like, oh, that's one of the things I've noticed You know, with a righteous person, mm -hmm. <laughs> myself. You will sit there long enough to finally get it. What do you mean? A proper trigger. <laughs> yes. It's like, I'm going to set a challenge. I will get a proper trigger. <laughs> I'm going to get a proper trigger. If I'll just wait here long enough, somebody's going to bite. <laughs> Show up in a shirt. <laughs> or maybe have some words on it. <laughs> so try not to be the bait. And, you know, if you want to visit with your family, you know they have a thing. You know it's going to trigger your stuff. Maybe um, go in ahead of time knowing You'll spend the, the time that's fine and high frequency, and when the frequency changes, you it's time for you to go figure out ahead of time how you will make that happen. Yeah. So like, yeah. oh no. And remember that I love um, my in a lot of these in a lot of countries around the world, it is a time in New Year's especially where 
um, people consume enormous amounts of alcohol. Oh, right. right? So during the holidays, uh, winter holidays, they consume so much alcohol. And I've talked about this so many times. Alcohol is called spirits for a reason. It's a lot of low-frequency entities that take advantage and can influence the person drinking in very negative ways. So Good point. Be aware of that. Do not drink any alcohol this winter. This is very, very particular winter. Do not drink alcohol this winter, like zero. And also, do not engage in conversations or arguments with people who are drinking alcohol. So have a rum and coke, no rum. Yeah. Have apple cider, bubbly cider, not champagne. Yes. Have water. Water? Yeah. Who's going to drink water? <laughs> I drink water. <laughs> well, dancing with water, living water, yeah. with full of HHOs. Yeah. But let's say we're at our uh, Christmas dinner thing. And there's five bottles of wine. There's eggnog that has, well, I don't know what they put in it, rum and stuff. Yeah. And there's the kid bowl. Also bring your own drinks. Ah, guess what? Bring your what? favorite sodas. Bring your favorite apple juice. Bring what it is that you like to drink. Exactly. Lots so, of it. Because you'll yeah, you surprised. can share it with other people. Like, yeah, remember so we, went to, we went to the meat festival and brought... Three Sisters soup? Yeah, and it was all gone. And all Three minutes. Sisters was gone in three minutes? Yeah, even though the pla- the tables were full of barbecue and, s- and yeah, salads. Yeah, remember the barbecue was not high-frequency barbecue. No? Oh. It didn't feel high-frequency. No, it didn't. Barbecue. We didn't eat any of it. We couldn't. Yeah. I don't know. remember why, but I remember remember being there and going, eh, 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 yeah. eh, this isn't a high-frequency barbecue for some reason. Right. I love meat. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I yeah, eat all we, day long. We do have barbecue all the time. But that wasn't right. Something wasn't... But that's Three Sister Soup, man. That's we brought a giant, soup. a giant, giant pot yeah. of it. There and was no gone. salad there. There was no vegetable. And it was gone. And all the soup. Yeah, that gone. was cool. Three yeah. Sister Soup, if you don't know, is squash. Corn. Corn. And a bean. And a bean. Yeah. And they're cooked together because they have all of the components that your body needs to survive if you put in a little bit of olive oil, too. At the end. At the raw, end. Yeah. So you have your oils and all of your nutrients mm-hmm. that are necessary and for they, a human they to react, They activate yeah. their enzymes and stuff to become bioavailable. Right, right, right. Yeah. They grow together well. Yes. And then they eat together well. Yes, very well. So, you know, it's one of those very supportive meals. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Alcohol. So bring your drinks and my experience, because I haven't actually been very fond of alcohol most all of my life. I'm quite the opposite. Yeah, you've been quite the opposite. (laughs) Um, But anyways, I would go to parties and I would bring my fruit juice. And the first time I just brought one bottle, I remember in Ireland, thinking, it's just me, this is Ireland, right? Nobody's going to drink it. It was gone in seconds. Really? Yeah. Not just from people who just wanted the fruit juice, but the mixers. <laughs> <laughs> so the next time I brought a case and it was gone by the end of the party. It was gone. Well, that's a good tactic because when I went to parties or whatever gatherings and there's alcohol there, I always loved it. And uh, it was a good excuse to get into the pile, you know, but it never really led to a great consequence. I always felt bad. Or you get tired, or you're 
triggered or you, you know it never was a good thing it really didn't i don't know why people bring it but i know how i liked it but i don't know why you would pour fire on you know gasoline on the fire which would be some family members right mm -hmm. yeah. it just doesn't make any sense why we would do that to ourselves but if i was going now um if i was trying to put me past me there and uh was aware awake high frequency enough to know that i should not touch any alcohol um during this winter season, yeah. winter, winter season yeah, it would, could be, it could be challenging because just like uh, people on a diet don't want to eat the cake. There's tons of cake everywhere, the candies, all mm -hmm. that stuff. Alcohol has the same kind of attraction. It's a sugar. Mm -hmm. So, um, if you have, uh, I guess, call it an open door to it. Prepare yourself ahead of time with the pre pre thought you're not. And one of the acceptable reasons for alcoholics is you're driving mm. you could say i really would love to but i have to be the driver and you know if i have one one's too many and a hundred's not enough mm -hmm. so i better just not right. because i need to drive there if you move the reason outside of yourself into a reason that other alcoholics can say oh yeah you're really smart i don't know how you're so strong but that's a good idea. You know, they'll mm -hmm. support you instead of try to recruit you. Right, right. Because the, all alcoholics, all alcoholics like having a recruit. <laughs> they like to recruit other ones. Yeah. Because it's more fun to, you know, have a demon party with other demons. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> demons like each other. Demons do like each other, yeah. Yeah, so work on that. Work on having a preset. And bring your own beverage. Yeah. And find that that beverage actually could probably get it shared, but... You're not the only one having the same thoughts, especially if you're the one going to this party. Mm -hmm. There are others having that too. And so you being powerful also gives permission, gives to permission others. for others to be yeah. more powerful. Yeah. So, you know, be yourself and uh, be aware and just don't do it. Mm -hmm. Don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. So you're going to go talk about chronic splinteritis. Splinteritis. Well, I think I will. Um, I think it's a funny set of words, and it helps describe some of the effects that we're going through right now that people blame on a thing that they don't see and a cause. And, a, you know, it's a narrative and a story and a manifestation of belief based on uh, facts of a scientific nature that most all of us never really delve into the control, the proof, the truth. And uh, it's related to when you, at the very beginning of all this, said, uh, you know, there's no viruses. Oh, right. Yeah. And I was like, no, no, honey, oh, don't say that. Say that. Honey, come on. Now that's oh, proven man. in science. Look, they have billion-dollar science yeah. labs working on viruses. Yeah. And they're doing gain-of-function research. You know what that is? Yeah. Where they take out viruses and then infect things with them and then see which ones work better or whatever. Try and get them to go against Working humans nice. from dogs or cats yeah. or whatever. It's like, what the hell are they doing what? if not that? Those are viruses. Viruses, yeah. I was shocked when my information came in. Well. And I was even more shocked when I found out that this has been known since the 1980-somethings. 
Yeah, it was like when I was shocked to find out that when you cut down trees and clear cuts, it fills dirt in the river, and then the dirt smothers the eggs of the salmon, and then the salmon die and don't come back is like one of the things, right? Mm-hmm. And then I'm reading an 1800s logging book, and they say, you know, you really should be cautious when you cut in the trees down all the way to the river because it fills silt in the river and it kills the salmon eggs and the salmon returns don't come back. And don't make <laughs> dams either because yeah. the salmon got to get through. Yeah. They're like, oh, this is news from a hundred years ago still. <laughs> and nothing's changed in hundreds of years. Yeah. But it has changed. Yeah. It may not all be better, but it is significantly better. We drive and you see on the logged off areas, everywhere there's a stream or a creek or any trickle of water. There's a couple of trees there's, still there. <laughs> there's a swath of 50 to 100 feet of trees. So yeah. there's like tree slice yeah. is all the way up these creeks. It's better. It's a little bit better. A little bit better. Mm-hmm. Anyways, <laughs> did I get righteous for a second? Yeah, I probably. Think you did, yes. So the chronic splinteritis was a description of um, one of the three ways people get sick Mm -hmm. and the treatment for chronic splinteritis was to lessen the number of things that are getting the splinter out of you Mm -hmm. in other words you get a splinter Mm -hmm. and then it puffs up yeah and inside that puff are pus and and stuff which are bacteria and parasites and particles that are trying to take that splinter out of you yes. tiny bit by tiny bit by tiny bit yeah. because it's stuck in there and it's not supposed to be there. Right. So they eat it, basically absorb it, and uh, it gets excreted through your liver, your kidneys, or, you or whatever. Or you can squish it and comes out. it comes out. It does not be too gooey. Yeah. But, you know, it's a biological process. Yeah. So the treatment that is being prescribed in shots, the treatment that's being prescribed in antibiotics and the treatment, yeah, is to treat chronic splinteritis. Leave the splinter, but get rid of the things that are getting rid of the splinter. Get rid <laughs> right. of the bacteria and everything else. Yeah. When the true treatment is just get rid of the splinter. Right. That's actually what's happening. So support mm-hmm. the getting rid of the splinter. Yes. So in a sense, the virus narrative is giving power to the particles. That those are the ones that are making you sick particles that we're saying are that mm. and those particles are the breakdown particles of your cells which are toxic or they're removing they're getting rid of their toxins so it's a particle that exists it's ma- named something and assigned a life cycle that it doesn't have mm. but that allows you to have an invisible thing to be afraid of and an invisible thing to um subscribe to it reminds me of the plant thing the plant thing yeah i remember we got a plant and it was full of bugs and somebody said i can't remember who said oh my gosh those bugs are killing your plant yeah exactly and i said no they're not the bugs are there because the plant is sick this balance is off so i need to check the soil check the size of the roots and the pot um the food in it um the health of the the root system to see where the it is imbalances because the bugs arrive because the plant is sick not the other way around and every time i see bugs on that plant i know that that plant is still imbalanced and there's something wrong with it right right because the bugs keep coming back to it 
And right, then, because a healthy plant doesn't have clearly bugs. isn't going to be killed by uh, bugs because they, the bugs are everywhere. No, because the bugs don't come to it because it's healthy. They only take the nasty stuff of the the dying parts of the plant. Unless they're slugs, in which case they just eat slime it. over everything. They eat it. Yeah. 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 There and, are things that have a diet: rabbits, right. whatever. Yes. They eat Humans. green food. <laughs> but an infestation, an infestation on bugs. a plant is because the plant isn't able to defend itself, right? No. The plant no, is in an unhealthy state, and so the bugs are there to get rid of the unhealthy state. Yes. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Like uh, treating chronic splinteritis by getting rid of the swelling. Right. So sometimes with the swelling, the swelling can come um, overcome the bodies. There's so much stuff trying to get rid of that splinter that it kills the body, right? Because the body's in balance, out of balance. Well, if you treat the swelling by getting rid of the things that are getting rid of the splinter, splinter. then you end up sicker because yes. you have a splinter in you still. Right, that too. But sometimes this, the the side effects of the splinter can actually destroy the person. Just like the bugs are eating all the bad parts of the plant or are attracted because the plant is sick and dying. And... Um, they can overcome the plant. So what I did was I got rid of the bugs, but I also worked diligently to balance the plant back up, right? Mm-hmm. But I, the but the bugs, one of the plants still has bugs on it, which means I didn't work. I didn't function there because I, one of the things is that there was two plants tied together, hmm. smushed in together in a tiny little pot. So when I split them up into two pots, one of them started flourishing and it doesn't have bugs anymore, mm-hmm. and the other one does. But I did get rid of the, I did get rid of the insects because it was like, okay, you don't need to be here anymore. I'm going to rebalance this plant. But there's still like a, a sign for one of them that it didn't work. That it's still in balance and not balanced up because the bugs keep, keep coming back in that plant, right? Mm-hmm. So I see them as a sign, but I do get rid of them myself. Well, the other the other part with the chronic splinteritis is, can you catch chronic splinteritis from somebody else? No. No. Because if you get a splinter, that can't be caught by someone else, right? <laughs> right. But if you're in a diseased state or a weakened state or a poisoned state, poisoned by a toxin in your environment or a parasite who you are susceptible to because of your toxic Imbalance. state. yeah. Can you catch that from somebody else? No. So when we go, you could be town, in the same toxic. St- I mean, you could be in the same toxic environment, and you both uh, get overcome by it because you're weak, and one other person is not physically weak, so they don't get um, sick through the poison, right? Toxicity. What about when we go to town, and get spiked? affected by the shedding of toxins from other people is because our bodies are not strong enough to sustain toxicity. Or sensitive. Or sensitive to toxins, yeah. I never considered myself sensitive to any toxins, but it turns out I am a little bit. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> I was a sure fan of toxins for a very long time. That's probably why your body's overwhelmed with it. Well, I am flushing yeah so one of the messages with the splinteritis was that um, it's not so much you're catching a 
Because they did do that even in 1918. Yeah, they did. They took the, you know, excretions from sick people. Yeah, And tried to use them to get other people sick, and it didn't work. It didn't work. So no matter what they did, no matter how they tried, the contagion didn't function that way Mm -hmm. that they thought it did. But on the other hand, it is a common experience that people have, which is they go somewhere and there's a bunch of sick people and they get sick. It's also, I would say, common experience that they go there's a lot of sick people and you don't get sick but which one do we give power to right which one oh power to socially you mean yeah that um they're contagion they're contagious and you're gonna catch it right even though tons of people don't yeah some people do yeah and even though 99 times out of 100 you're around people who are sick Mm -hmm. and you don't the one time out of a hundred you do, it only reinforces that one time reinforces the whole yeah. contagion narrative, right? Right. right. But that's the one that's given all the attention, all the power. Yeah. Whether or not, well, it's clearly an experience people have, but they're attaching that experience to the other one, mm-hmm. which is the problem, right? Mm-hmm. The problem is they're attaching that I got sick to the fact that that person's sick. Yes. Now to prove it. You would have to do some things, which you could clearly figure out, like um, that person stays over there, and you're over here, and then you grab all of their clothes and blankets and stuff, put on your bed, and then see if that makes you sick. Which it didn't. It shows. It's shown that it didn't. Except for the toxins that are carried by fleas. Well, those are different things. Parasites. If you get fleas, that's the fleas carrying toxins, mm-hmm. or the bed bugs. I heard that bed bugs caused smallpox, and it was the bed bugs in the blankets that caused the people who got them to get sick. Yes, toxins from the bed bugs. Right. Parasites into the body. Along with the introduction of, you know, a radical new reality. Yeah. And the stress (laughs) that a new reality brings about. Mm -hmm. And not a high-frequency reality either. No. But anyway, we digress. There are ways to get ill, and there are toxins. If you go into an environment where there's a lot of toxins, even if you, even if you don't necessarily um, get exposed to the toxins, you can be exposed to the people who are getting rid of those toxins. Yeah. Which is a message to your body. Oh, we have to get rid of toxins. We need to get rid of toxins. Because <laughs> there's, there's a ton, toxins. and everybody around here is excreting them. They're yes. all going away. You bet. We better flush. Yes. Because if we wait until later. It might be serious. Right. It's kind of intelligent body, right? Yeah. So you could say that is contagion. Right. But in fact, it is a body excreting toxin. Yes. So if you regularly are excreting and your body knows, hey, we're cool. We have a practice, man. <laughs> we uh, have a sauna. We have a hot tub. We have a this. We have a that. We're supported and we're clear and we're clean. You're feeling this thing. Let's well. Let's give a quick flush. Thirty seconds, a minute. Yeah. Yep. Gone. We're good. Yeah. If you're in a good, strong state, then it shouldn't affect you as much. And that's kind of what I hear from Doctor Cohen. He's like, I hear this. Everybody reports this to me, but I, I, I can't comment on it because I haven't had that experience. Right. Because he's always flushing. He's always flushing. He's eating pickles all day long. He's healthy food and uh, doing his exercises. exercises. He's in a good, healthy, strong. Hard to kill state. Exactly, hard to kill state. Right. So, 
I guess it's all all your experience. If you're finding yourself reactive, then maybe give some consideration to supporting true. your detoxing, to supporting your flushing, and supporting and understanding that process. Of, yeah. Process. Process. Yeah. There's plenty of information out there. So okay, I'm not going to pretend to be the expert of it. No, totally. There are definitely experts of it. There are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no. All right. I think I think hour and a half. I think we've like uh, exhausted our <laughs> after Christmas party, honey. Yes. Well, I can't actually wait for Christmas. What are we going to do for our after Christmas party? Open our presents. No, we'll open oh. them on Christmas or before. Yes. We will after Christmas party. Come get in our camper and leave. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, honey. no, <laughs> no. Uh, okay. Prepare for New Year's. <laughs> <laughs> probably after Christmas party, we'll do uh, record a podcast. Yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> we will uh, work as we always do. Yeah. Maybe can we put on our list something um, entertaining and fun? Like what? What would be supportive of a body's after Christmas? Uh, how about a hike? How about a beach hike? Oh, yeah, beach hike. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, so we're going to plan a beach hike. Excellent. After Christmas party on the beach. Yay! Okay, I like it. On Boxing Day. Yay! Boxing Day. <laughs> I don't know what that is. <laughs> I've heard that word. I think they have it in Canada, too. Oh, do they? Yes. <laughs> cool. Well, happy Christmas Boxing Day. Yay! <laughs> Love you, honey. Love you too, darling. <laughs>